Hello everyone, you're with On the Game Trail Podcast with Eric and Brian, and we have a special guest, Ryan Tuttle. If you're not following him on Instagram, I suggest you do. It's under Ryan underscore Tuttle. Is that correct, Ryan? Yeah, Ryan Tuttle underscore. There you go. And I, if you want to see some pretty cool things, you got to check it out. Some of your camera pictures are unbelievable, Ryan. I don't know how, where you, how you refine it down to those certain areas. Um, I know you don't want to give those secrets up at all, <laughs> but I'm sure it happened over several years to get it just right, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's been a, a, a learning process, but that's part of the fun, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Do you guide out there in Utah, or it's just something you um, like to occasionally. do? Occasionally. You know, I, I know a lot of people, and I've got friends and family and stuff that draw tags every year, so I'm always out with somebody, um, regardless. So okay, gotcha. I don't I don't formally guide anymore. I've dabbled in it, but I do not enjoy that to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I we're sitting here thinking a... about doing it for retirement, but we're not sure if Yeah. We don't know if we want to go down that either. route yet. Yeah. Um so when did you get into yeah. using uh trail cams? Well, so honestly what's kinda of driven me is I mean I apply in all the western states. And it's so stinking hard to draw tags that when I finally, when I finally cash out, when I finally have that moment, I want to be well versed in the unit. You know, I want to yeah. know what's there. And, and not only that, I mean, some of these eight, you know, units or some of these states, I've invested decades in applying for points and acquiring all these points. And so I want to make sure I'm using them on the right units. So that's kind of what's driven me. Um, to run as many cameras as I do. I really like getting out, scouting, learning new states, learning new country. And then, you know, when application season rolls around, um, I kind of, because of that, I'm able to hit the ground running. I like to look at some of these lesser known units or, you know, some of these sleeper areas. And if I can find a good critter on trail camera, uh, yeah. that gives me a little bit of an, an advantage when I go to apply for that area. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my driver. That's what's really gotten, or at least made me crazy about the trail cam thing. <laughs> how how many cameras do you usually run? Uh, I I honestly don't know. Um, surprisingly, a lot of people ask me that question, and I don't have a good answer. I really I really don't know as far as a quantity. I um I keep uh, an actual notebook paper journal of where they're all at, and I have you know a GPS. Yeah. mark for every one of them but as far as the quantity i really don't know i've built up my inventory of cameras pretty good now but it used to be such a thing that i would leave a camera in a spot for three or four weeks and when i got what i wanted from that spot i would move it and sometimes move it across state lines and just bounce them all over the place when i didn't have enough cameras to get them out so it's been kind of a, a moving target as far as how many are out at what given time and where they're at okay. yeah yeah, and some of those ones, you know, I'm sure the, the guests that will come and uh, check out your Instagram page, you know, some of those ones that are really cool, like that, I think it was like two days, two days ago that you posted, um, the one with the elk, there's like that pond, and the reflection comes off of it. Yeah, I love that pond. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's, it's like that, the perfect that, setup. That's a Nevada camera, oh. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys are aware, but Nevada has changed their laws recently. And I've always had this like vision in my head of getting just one of the big bulls from that area wallowing in that pond. Yeah. And I've had a couple issues and I've got some bulls wallowing at night and different stuff like that. But I've always wanted that perfect 
sunset <laughs> picture sunset. where it's glowing. And now with the new laws, I'll never get it. And I'm so right. bummed about that. I mean, I really love that spot. And there's some absolutely giant bulls in that area. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm never going to get my dream my dream photo from that spot anymore. No, yeah. not from there anyways. That's such a bummer, too, when they pass that law. I remember reading about it. Yeah, I think they're trying to do it in Arizona, too. Weren't they? Like, you can only be so many feet from a, a water hole, I think. Um, yeah, so the way Nevada, the way Nevada's rule reads right now is all cameras have to be pulled by the end of July. You can't have cameras oh. out anywhere in the state after August 1st. Wow. So. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and saying. honestly, I think both sides of that. I mean, I'm kind of torn. Obviously, I'm a trail cam guy. Yeah. Um, I run a ton of trail cameras in Nevada. I love Nevada. They're super stingy with their tags, so it's really hard to draw a tag there. <laughs> But uh, it's a great state, right? I mean, there's almost every unit has trophy animals, and it, it's a fun place to hunt. Um, I'm kind of torn on the trail camera thing. Obviously, it affected me a lot. But some of those super dry units, I mean, I, I guess I can see why they did it, right? I mean, you yeah, get down to yeah. the southern units, some of the really good deer units. Um, I mean, and I'm part of this, but there's, you know, up to 25, 30 trail cameras on every water hole. Wow. And the water holes are super, super limited. So I, I personally don't feel like that necessarily puts the animals at a strong disadvantage because they're still animals, right? I mean, yeah. when there's that much pressure in an area, a lot of those bigger bucks go nocturnal. Um, yeah, so I don't feel like it's necessarily a gimme as far as getting them killed nearly as much as a 1,500-yard rifle is. But oh, yeah, yeah. It, most of those bucks are known about, and it t- kind of takes away some of the mystery on places like the Strip and some of the Southern Nevada units. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Yeah, I think with we noticed, you know, a lot of people will, you know, how do I put this? A lot of our pictures that we were posting are, you know, same with yours too, are bulls in velvet. And, you know, in New Mexico, you can't, the hunt doesn't start for elk till September 1st. And guess what? Those bulls are not there at all. Because when the right. rest starts, like, they could be gone. That is like... A double-edged sword if yeah. you have an elk tag and you run cameras in the summer it's like the craziest thing yeah and you know i have people reach out to me every year right around that time frame late august early september that and they either have they're either one side of the coin they either have some giant bulls that run camera in summer that have vanished or they can't find any bulls big bulls and they're only finding small bulls yeah. And cows and those are the guys that are always in the best situation right i mean yeah they are that's yeah. where the bulls show up yeah but yeah i mean elk is a whole different ball game i mean deer you know we hunt deer in august during the bow hunts and stuff and deer you can kind of kind of get a, a grip on them and kind of get a pattern but those elk always throws <laughs> for a loop yeah. actually that's one of the things that i feel like from a trail cam standpoint is like a huge success for me is when i can relocate bulls if i can get a bull on camera in the summer range and either spot him or get him on camera, hard horn in the rutting ground. It's almost like, that, for me, that, that's almost as good as filling the tag. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and that's, but our problem is we haven't been able to really drill them down when they're hard horned out. But what's interesting, I'm not sure if you went across this on, on social media, we'll post, and we've had a couple guys DM us saying, hey, I think I got that one hard horned out, and they'll send us a picture, and you're looking at the, the one the we post, and you compare them, and you're like, yeah, that is him. I don't know. And, of course, they don't want to tell you where their game camera's at because <laughs> they want to give up that secret. Right. But you're like, dude, they got him hard horned down. I don't want to tell them where we got him 
on the summer range, you know, so it's this cat and yeah, mouse game and playing. Occasionally, you know, with some of these guys that I know that are running the same country as me, occasionally we've been able to connect the dots. And I personally have got bulls on cameras that are 15 miles apart. Wow. And we've been able to connect the dots with some other guys over 20 miles apart. Wow. Um, from that velvet period, that summer period, to where they're running and they're hard horned. And elk yeah. are amazing. I mean, it's just, it's wild what they do. Even when you least expect it, they'll walk past a group of cows because they like this other group of cows that's clear out in the flats. And it's pretty interesting to try and keep tabs on those buggers. Yeah. Yeah. And I've noticed too, I'm sorry to interrupt Brian here, but. Yeah, he um, won't let me talk. Yeah, I won't let him talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I noticed that, like, when I started looking at where we do catch them during the rut, or, you know, when they're hard horned out and they're rutting, um, you can actually see, like, in September 1st, you'll see them, and then you'll see them as they kind of uh, digress when they're starting to lose the poundage on them. You can start seeing ribs show up, and you can actually see the bulls lose that 150 to 200 pounds during the rut. And I, you know, people talked about it until you actually see it on game cameras that are actually losing the weight during that run. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing what they go through and how, how hard and how aggressive they get, especially when you get into some of the higher quality units that have a really high bull-to-cow ratio. There's a lot of bulls competing for a handful of cows, mm-hmm. and they're fighting, bugling, rutting just constantly. And yeah, it, you're, like you said, it's wild to see the weight loss from a, a fat and sassy July bull to an October 1st bull. It's a night and day difference. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. So I was going to actually ask a question on whenever you're setting up your cameras and do you uh, try and triangulate, I, I guess that would be the word? Like yeah. kind of set them up in a, in a triangle pattern to try and pattern their movement more or less on where they're... I will, yeah. I, I do that. I kind of have two different methodologies. Some of my cameras nowadays are essentially, I mean, I'm always scouting. But some of my cameras nowadays are set more with the intention of just getting a picture that I have in the back of my mind. I'm just I'm just trying to get the right photo and kind of keep tabs on what's in the area. But um, that's kind of been a, a new challenge for me is trying to get a pretty photo of a good animal. Now, if I have drawn a tag or if I know somebody who has a tag or it's an area that I at least can reasonably, you know, within the near future get a tag my focus is totally different in in those cases yeah i'm more spending my time more triangulating more focusing and trying to um hunt the critter right figure out those animals um where they're going to be um that we can hunt them during the season okay so would you like shotgun an area you think if you if you had a friend or yourself drew a tag would you shotgun it and then you know then start to narrow it down try to squeeze it to that pattern of whatever, you know, whether it be an elk or a deer, that's typically what you're going to draw. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we have tags and if we're hunting an animal, um, you know, I'll pretty much in the beginning, in the summer, um, you know, spread cameras out in a lot of different areas. And if there's one particular critter that we would like to go after, which is my favorite way of hunting, I love hunting one specific animal. But if there's one particular critter that we want to go after, that's part of the fun, and that's part of the strategy is looking through the topo maps, trying to outguess them, and essentially carpet bombing that area with different cameras, um, basically testing your theories. I mean, there might be a pond over here, a canyon over there that you're hoping the animals show up in, just setting trails, saddles, passes, and all that with different cameras. Um, that's part of it for me. I really enjoy the aspect of yeah. running the trail cameras during the hunt. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. It, 
like watching all your Instagram and seeing those ones where uh, there's always a bull or something walking up that canyon where you see like kind of the red canyons in the back. And so yeah. I'm like, I could probably, I think I could do this, right? So I <laughs> we set up a camera in some pretty nice canyons um, up north from where we're at. And I went to go check them the other day and all I got were, of course, were cow elk and, and does on there. <laughs> no, no, there were no bulls on there. So I'm like, okay, yeah. we'll have to pull this camera. I land up playing a cane next door because I saw some bulls in the next canyon. So we'll see what happens. But that, that that's an art oh, yeah. in itself, trying to get that, just trying to do that in itself is, is kind of fun. And, it it, and it really is. And that's been fun. I, I, I mean, I joke about this all the time, but I literally have like the very worst luck drawing tags. I'm just, if I don't have max points and I'm not guaranteed the tag, I usually don't draw. So because of that, uh, I mean, I like to challenge myself. I like to do different things that kind of makes it exciting or like I find different ways to create my own success. And part of it is that very thing. If I can get a decent or especially a big animal in the right backdrop, in the right setting, that's a win, right? I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it's rewarding. It, it it's is. totally fun to do that. Like Our, our yeah. goal this past season was I, I wanted to get a bull bugling so bad. And yeah. when I first picked up that camera we put in there where it's a covenant unit but we knew or we were hoping to catch him and like one of the first ones that i caught was this big bull building right in front of the camera and i text brian right i was like we did it finally we got it yeah <laughs> yeah we, we do like, we set ourselves in there yeah. right like, yeah it's exciting I mean, uh, we set our goals it, it, you know it's fun and you know you learn a lot about <laughs> the animals in doing that you learn where they're gonna rut and how they behave and you know i've got some areas that they will only show up in the dark or they'll only show up at night. And there's one area that I found that was kind of cool. It's kind of unique. It's actually out in the desert. It's in the flats and there's just this narrow, it's maybe 15 feet wide, but there's this narrow, just flash blood little wash. And I, you know, stumbled onto this area and there's a lot of treks in it. And I had watched a couple deer and elk dive into this little draw when they had been spooked. And just out of curiosity, I set, cameras in there i've ran cameras in there for a few years and the weirdest thing to me is every single animal that i have ever gotten in this wash is going the same direction and in my mind i thought like you know they're definitely gonna they're obviously using it it's hot it's the desert they're using yeah. the wash and there's even a little bit of water in the wash but when i started going through the photos and the reason this stuck out to me so bad is because i pointed the camera in the wrong direction like I had visions of these animals walking towards the camera of this yeah. big, long, deep, <laughs> like weird little wash, and they're all walking away, every single one of them, and that away. that totally blew me away because I mean, there's dozens of animals. I mean, this is a pretty desolate area, and there's dozens of animals using this wash to travel in broad daylight, but they're all going the same direction, and that's just something that I've always wondered about. I mean, it's it's part of their pattern, but I want to know where where the rest of the loop is because yeah. they're not coming down that wash. They're only going up it. And there's interesting. It's, yeah, that's crazy. It's cool to yeah. learn that. And you'd never know that any other way. Well, I think I liked that's how you said, down. you know, you put them in some areas that are like maybe overlooked units because a lot of times we're starting to find out that now there's a unit that we're going to put in for, for deer that we didn't think much of, but it was close by and that we could get to when it came to game cameras and checking them all the time. And we just yeah. said, yeah, you know, we've seen track in this area, so we put a game camera last year, and we're starting to pick up bucks and bobcats, and we're like, hey, you know, we didn't know what was going on in here, and now we do, you know? And yeah. so now you're like, and this unit's actually pretty easy to draw. <laughs> so it, now it's on the radar for us, you know? 
Exactly, and that's been such a, a fun thing to try because, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of guys that want to hunt, and there's not a lot of good tags available. And if you're not looking for those sleepers or loophole units or whatever you want to call them, those yeah. under-the-radar units, um, some of them produce, and some of them produce very well, but it kind of takes that tribal knowledge. You're not just going to luck into a critter. And, you know, we've had some pretty good success. I had a pretty good time hunting the over-the-counter archery units in Arizona. And when I first started going down there, I got my teeth kicked in. Oh. It is not an easy place to hunt. It's brutal. I mean, you can spend days, and you really won't see a lot of critters. And it's taken me years to get that figured out. But, um, you know, now we have pretty good success. Me and my brother go down every year, and it's one of my favorite hunts now. And just finding those places like that or those opportunities helps me fill my calendar. I mean, yeah. you know, you're not going to draw some of these great units in your lifetime. And yeah. so looking at plan B and, and running some cameras in some of these subpar units. It's fun. Do you, um, I think I was kind of stalking you on Instagram, looking through your feet, <laughs> but it looked like you'd hunted Oryx down here. Was, was your dad that had that hunt or just a friend? Yep. Uh, yeah, I've been pretty fortunate. I hunted Oryx a couple of times. Uh, my dad drew the once in a lifetime on range tag. We had an absolute ball. It was the craziest hunt nice. I've ever been on. And, you <laughs> nice. know, we had done the research. We had heard about it. Yeah. We had heard about the Oryx 500 where everybody, like, fist fights and jumps in their yeah. trucks. And we <laughs> got to experience it to a T. It was, like, the greatest <laughs> thing. And I That's just awesome. loved it. I loved everything about that. Um, yeah. I've gone down with a good friend of mine. His daughter, um, twice now, actually, has drawn the youth off-range hunt. Oh, and nice. And whole different world, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. the on-range hunt was, you know, fairly laid back, weird rules being on the missile range, but lots of animals. And the offering count was the opposite of that. I mean, it was tough, <laughs> and we really, really had to dig in to find those animals. But what a riot. And, I mean, that's just fun. Yeah, and we I've were... been fortunate to tag along on an Ibex hunt down there as well. I just yeah. love that country. Um, if nothing else, at least I can fill my truck with chilies. Cause yeah, there you go. I definitely load up and take advantage of that when I'm down there. Yeah. Do you ever put into Mexico very often? or is Absolutely. It just... Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Every every year, I, I'm trying to get a tag. But there you go. Kind of pulling over the, uh, the different options. A few changes this year that I'm pretty excited about. Now my oldest son turned 10 this year, and he went through his hunter safety, so now he can apply down there. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah, for the tag. youth. Yeah, the youth uh, mentor program. Yeah, I'm, I'm so impressed with New Mexico and what they do for their youth hunts. Um, you know, I'm from Utah. There's a couple youth options, but to be honest with you, they're not that great. Um, as far as a, a quality of experience standpoint, and there's a youth elk hunt in Utah, and you're hunting some of the most overhunted units in the state. Um, it's actually an over-the-counter tag for adults with different season dates, and it's just hard. I mean, I, I yeah. drew it personally. I've gone with people that have drawn it, and it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. It's just really not. The, you know, those elk are the most educated in the state. And um, so I just kudos to New Mexico for having some, you know, fun, high-quality experience hunts that the kids can go on. It's, yeah, it's really yeah they definitely have a good pro. We have a good program. What, um, if you don't mind me asking, like, what does it take to draw? Uh, what would be like a? I don't know if you know our covenant units, but like, you don't have to give us a number. Like, what? How many points does it take to draw like a, a covenant unit to shoot? You know, to go after a 380-inch bull or or bigger in Utah. In Utah, as a non-resident, most of the best tags in the state take 20 or more points. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's a long time. 
<laughs> um, even some of the better archery hunts, which, you know, a lot of people complain about the archery dates in Utah. The archery hunt in Utah, it's a long hunt, but it ends right as the ruts start kicking off. We kind of have a different program than a lot of other states, and we allow our rifle hunters to hunt the peak of the rut. That's and then crazy. the muzzleloader hunters after that, and they're still in, you know, usually really good yeah. activity. Yeah. So even some of our archery tags for a non-resident are going to take 18 or more points oh. to draw. As a resident? It's hard. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, what's that? As a resident, was it take you a resident to draw some of these units? As a resident, there's, there's you know, decent limited entry units that you can draw anywhere from guaranteed tags at like seven points up to, you know, 15, 16, and 17 points. Wow. And it just depends on the quality of the unit. Yeah, yeah. And what it historically has been producing. So see, in a way, a lot of people complain about our draw system, you know, with that lottery draw system, but I think it's actually yeah better than having the, the, point. the point system. I, I agree. I mean, I, I am a fan of, like, Nevada's point system where they square your points, but they don't allocate any tags to max point system. Oh. I like that, but I, I also do like New Mexico, and I like that New Mexico has those really short season dates, and because of that, they can offer more tags, and it's kind of all over the spectrum from really great high-quality hunts to lesser hunts that are easier to draw. Yeah, um, It's yeah. kind of a, a mixed bag of everything, whereas Utah, it's kind of, kind of all or nothing when it comes to elk. Most of the elk tags are you know, really coveted and they're really hard to draw. Yeah, it seems like it's in Colorado too. Like, you know, we have a couple of guys that like to do that over-the-counter elk hunt in, te- or in Texas, in Colorado, and they have a, it's a rough hunt from what we've heard, and it looks rough, you know, because they don't limit the number of tags they sell. They just sell, if they sell a million tags, they'll sell a million, million tags with that over-the-counter tag. Right. And so you're like, hey, man, do you want to, I want to say waste money, do you want to spend the money to just go out there with the whole orange army chasing around? Yeah you know, the, the satellite bulls or whatever. And that's on the, exactly. I think it's the fourth. And I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't envy, you know, these wildlife managers that have to, to strike that balance. Right. I mean, some yeah. states have gone their path and, you know, everybody has a different view on the way it should go. And you, you can't please everybody, you know, no. um, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, they all, you know, lean towards that opportunity from an elk standpoint. And then, you know, Utah, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, they're a little more leaning towards the trophy quality and it's hard to find that balance. Um, yeah, I know. I guess there's, there's something for everybody. I personally, I don't have a lot of desire to spend a lot of time. Um, like you said, shooting the satellite bulls or the raghorn bulls with 10,000 other people. It's not my thing, Yeah, but, um, I guess it's great that somebody has the opportunity. Yeah, I guess if you're from back that. East and you, you know, these guys from back East, I don't blame them when they see their first elk. When I saw my first whitetail, I'm like, holy smokes, that's, they're pretty small. You know, <laughs> right. we, we went antelope hunting yeah. for our first time two years ago and other than seeing them off the highways we never had hunted them so when we went me and brian went after them we both shot antelope the first one the morning i shot a buck and you walk up and you're you don't realize how small they actually are until you walk up on them you're like this is a small animal holy smokes it's like a, this <laughs> right. is not gonna yeah, throw it freezer. over your shoulder and head out right yeah right. yeah it's, it's crazy how how tiny they are we, you know we drew elk we were pretty lucky for I think that's the upside to the lottery system is we drew what, like three years in a row almost. I think three years in a row I, in the past, like seven, eight years, we've drawn like four out of like eight years. We've drawn elk. Yeah. Wow. Because of the lottery system. That's it's incredible. Just a straight out lottery system. And I saw guys from out of state. I'm like, just put in. Cause you have just as much of a chance as someone else that's been putting in for 20 years for right. covenant units and they draw them. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. I think people should. I do like that. that. I also like that New Mexico will look at all three choices. That's something that Utah doesn't do. Oh. And because of that, I mean, you can go for the ultra premium tag as your first choice and settle, if you will, for a kind of a wild card as your third choice and, you know, still go hunting. Right. And yeah. In Utah, it's all or nothing. Um, they look at everyone's first choice before they'll look at anyone's second choice. So all the tags go in the first draw. So you kind of you have to commit. You've got to go for one and kind of stick with it. And you know that that drives some of our point creep. You know yeah. the guys that want these best units are never cashing out their points because it's all or nothing. So gotcha. yeah, changes the game a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to the game trail cameras, um, is there I don't want to get into brands, but did you find one working better for you than another, or is it? Um, yeah, I mean, I have my preferences. Um, I I would never I would never suggest to anyone to buy a cheap camera, um, yeah, only because. And looking at it from my perspective, right? I'm running cameras in multiple different states, but even if you're fairly close to home, like the time, the gas, the sweat, whatever, getting these cameras set up is hard. Yeah. And to have a cheap, junky camera fail on you, you know, I spent more in gas and effort and time trying to get that camera set up. And to have these cheaper cameras fail, it's a bummer. I mean, I've been burned. No, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to trash any specific brands or anything Yeah, like no, that, we, no, we've we've been there. We've had cameras, you know, what would take, we'll get there and there's like, over 2,000 pictures and it's nothing because of a little tiny bush up there just kind of swaying in the wind (laughs) or it's not taking pictures and you know we've had our issues with a few brands out there um but we finally have got ourselves a a pretty good uh brand what we like and that's what we're sticking with and so far you know we've had some issues with the the lower the lower end model but Mm -hmm. You know, it, you will have some glitches and stuff like that, or we'll set it to video and it will only record like two seconds instead of our 15 seconds or 10 seconds, what we set it for. And then right. now that we, we've kind of upgraded, you know, and now we're getting those better quality pictures and some people, they look at them and they're like, oh man, what kind of camera are you using? You know, and it's just that quality of picture is so much better, you know, and yeah. And- we're just trying to work I mean, it. Like I said, a lot of my trail camping is not necessarily scouting for a hunt or anything. Now at this point, I, I'm trying to get good pictures, but how more than anything to have a, a cheaper camera fail on you, you know, and yeah, yeah. You know, some of my cameras sit out for months on end. And if I've lost months of information or data, uh, I mean, I feel like it, it's just, it's such a waste. It's not worth the risk. Yeah. yeah. We figured out the hard way um, when it came to, SD cards, you know, I'm not sure people that are listening to this understand the whole SD card because a lot of guys, you know, the brands will, you know, they have their own SD cards and they, some of them go up to 16. But if you have it on a, one of their higher end, some of the higher end cameras and you only have a 16 gig SD card, that thing will fill out pretty stinking quick. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's been a huge struggle for me is even when you get some of these giant 64 gig and, you know, 128 gig high speed SD cards when you start running video mode especially high quality video it it eats memory like crazy yeah, and it up. now at this point a lot of the cameras are efficient enough that they're really good on batteries and I love that but 
you know, the next hurdle we've got to get over is if you're running, you know, 4K or HD video, that's just a ton of memory. Yeah. And I actually posted a video the other day, uh, just a few days ago, and I it's literally I titled it My Worst Nightmare. I have this beautiful bull that walks in. It walks into this pond. It's a pond that I've run before that I love. The elk run in there super heavy. Anyways, I had it on, I think, a 20-second video, and he walks in, and he starts a chuckle, and then he goes full bugle right as the 20 seconds is up, and it cuts him off. (laughs) And it's such a bummer because, I mean, catching that on camera, especially, you know, I run a lot of the stealth cam, 4K cameras, and the sound they pick up is second to none. They are so sharp and so crisp, and you can hear every pine needle cracking. So when a bull that close bugles at the camera, I mean, it'll give you goosebumps. I love it. And, you know, sure enough, I didn't have that camera set in a long enough duration because I knew I was going to leave it for a long time. That camera set out for quite a while, and I just knew it would fill the memory card if I didn't put it on that shorter burst. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer when you fill a card or go check a card that sat out forever yeah. and only to find out that it filled the card two months prior and it sat doing nothing. So right. Yeah, we've hard. had that issue. And, if, you know, because we set a lot of ours and you're like, well, what time frame should we pick? Because you go too short, yeah, you might miss that, that bugle or that, that picture what you're trying to get, you know. And how long is a space between before the camera resets you know that's a struggle we always are contemplating on well what should we do because you don't want to miss that and if it's in that reset mode that's when he might be throwing out that bugle or that perfect picture where you're going after and you're missing it or you might catch the tail end of it when that camera restarts you know exactly and the elkra is the worst because (laughs) more often than not you'll have a group of cows come in prior to the bull Yes. And they'll either pass by a trail or whatever the case may be. And every time I'm setting cameras that are focused on the elk rep, that always kind of haunts me. I always try to, like, really <laughs> err on the side of caution. And I'd rather have, you know, an extra 10,000 photos or video or whatever just to make sure that I didn't miss that because the rut is a, a tricky thing to get on track. Yeah, it is. I know, like, right now I've been going through a lot of our videos and the cows – just hung out there all day long and you're like I don't want to see cows so I'm just going and (laughs) having to watch every single video and you're like okay make a list of which ones to delete which ones to keep you know because you might hear that that chuckle or that uh uh what what do they call that oh are they popping that yeah uh, the uh, clunking the clunking yeah yeah we'll catch that every once in a while so you might have that bull kind of run through clunking and you're like oh that's perfect you know but then you have to watch a hundred videos just to get that one video (laughs) you know and you're like well okay time to erase all these because we don't need them you know and that's what we're trying to do right now is just keep all the ones what we want to keep and get rid of just all cows you know honestly it's a full-time job right so ryan it was and it sucks that we have to end the short but um, we appreciate you uh, giving us the chance to talk to you, and, and hopefully you guys will listen and up their game when it comes to setting up trail cameras. Um, real quick, do you come up with those hashtags that you put on your, your uh, like the I hang cameras from trees and all that stuff, or who comes up with those ones? Yeah, I started that one. <laughs> Some of them, they crack me up now. I noticed you started using, I don't know if Brian knows, but what's the other one now? Oh, what did I catch? It was... um. 
Camera Trap? Is that a new one that you're using? Yeah, that one's kind of been around. It's oh, has it? Okay. Guys cameras on trees I actually have a, a website that I'm rolling out oh nice out. oh nice yeah and what do you run the desert trail cameras too yep I do that okay mine. and if you want to just repeat that one for the guys that are listening to so they can go and check that out because that was pretty cool too how do you find that one um yeah that one's just desert edge trail cams okay on Instagram yeah <clears throat> I remember you were in the. Was it you that ran the contest that for the the Wallow contest? Yeah, I like running those contests because I mean. Oh yeah, I see some cool stuff. I don't know. It's, Instagram can kind of get boring or dramatic or whatever you want to call it from time to time, and um, but that just makes it fun. I mean, there's a lot of people that get a ton of pictures, right? There's a ton of people out there that are running cameras that that don't post them every day like I do, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing what comes out of the woodwork from those different contests and kind of shame on the manufacturers because the contests they put together are junk. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I love these contests because it's so fun. To see oh, yeah, it was fun. You did the wallow one and we have yet to find a wallow. I mean, we found a couple areas where you think they'd wallow and they don't. And so as soon as that one yeah. came out, I was like, I know I can find one. So I, I spent days on Google Earth trying to find what I thought was a wallow. And of course, by the time I yeah. find one and set a camera up and pull out, you know, and come back to check, you know, the contest over, which is fine. And I do get some wallowing. And you're like, well, maybe next time. But yeah, it, I think guys that are paying attention, it, it's fun. You put up the contest and you start thumbing through all your pictures to see if you have something that you could put into it, you know. So, yeah, I, the contests yeah, are it, fun. It's incredible what people come up with. And like I said, a lot of these guys otherwise wouldn't have a reason to post it or you know, yeah. maybe that's not what their page is about. But they've got the pictures and you know, there's some just absolutely stunning stuff out there. And it's amazing what these cameras capture. Yeah, yes, that's true. Well, cool, Ryan. We appreciate you being able to talk with us and let us chat with you for a while. And uh, yes, Ryan, it was a pleasure. And we'll, we'll have uh, to do a, yeah. another one here shortly for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, we definitely want to do like a part two so we can have some fun and talk in more depth and not get interrupted. Okay, <laughs> that'll work. All right. I'll get, okay. Cool. All right, Ryan. We'll let you go. Okay. Thank you. Right. No, all right, Bye. man. Thank you. Bye. Okay, guys, that was Ryan Tuttle, and that was, we're going to call that part one, and we have a whole other part two series coming with Ryan, and like we said in the beginning, if you're not following him, check him out under Ryan Tuttle underscore, and he also runs Desert Trail Cams, and you'll see some pretty cool stuff. He takes some phenomenal trail camera pictures, so definitely follow along. Yeah, follow along. He has a lot of fun contests throughout the year. Um so yeah, pay attention to that. And so that wraps up this session of On the Game Trail podcast brought to you by Onyx Maps, Know Where You Stand. And uh, tune in. This one should go live next week. And then hopefully part two will go up the following week. And hopefully you guys tune in for that one as well. Appreciate it.